In this next episode, we talk to Jim Macoso, the director at Lucid Lab Group and CEO of Flow Technology. We caught up with Jim at MJ BizCon and we talk about the future of CPG in the cannabis industry. Now let's get into the green room. Hello, we are here with Jim Macoso. We're here at MJ BizCon and we are um, talking about lots of things, the conference, the state of cannabis, and then also about Jim here. So Jim, I always start the podcast with a little bit of background on the person. So we talk about the journey of your cannabis journey and then your business journey. So tell us a little bit about how you found cannabis. Um, Well, you know, I wasn't always a cannabis consumer. In fact, uh, you know, I was a jock in high school. And so, you know, I used to make fun of the cannabis guy who smokes some weed. You know, it wasn't really my thing. Um, You know, and because, you know, I was on the football team and the basketball team and the track team and, you know, smoking anything at all. You know, wasn't my thing. I used, you know, I felt used, irresponsible. Um, I was very irresponsible. I would oh. drink with the boys. I just, you know, smoking for me was like, well, you know, especially with football, I was like, it'll ruin my performance. But uh, after my senior year of football, you know, I didn't play, I didn't do any sports the rest of the year. I was going to be lazy and wait for college. And and uh, a friend of mine from a football team was like, you need to smoke weed. And uh, I was like, no, like, I don't want to be all dumb and dopey. He's like, trust me, you need it. And I was like, all right. So we cut school, went to his house. Parents were working. Um, I smoked weed for the first time, really smoked weed and got high for the first time with him. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just before my 18th birthday, so I was 17. And I remember the first time I hit the bong, um, you know, I like inhaled, uh, but like I exhaled really quickly. Like I didn't really breathe it in. Right. And he was like, no, 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 you got to do it again. Like, got to hit the bomb, like, breathe it into your belly. And I remember, like, so, you know, I ripped it, you know, like, not knowing what was about to happen, <laughs> ripping this bomb. It's like a foot and a half bomb, old school bombs with the it's, bulbous mm. bottom. You know, it had, like, all these colors on it. The rookie mistake. Yeah. So I ripped it, and I got, like, super hot. Like, I held it in. I coughed. It could have been an hour I was coughing for. I kept, <laughs> kept coughing and coughing. But I remember, like, when I first got the euphoria, it completely, you know, like, changed my perspective on, on you know, weed at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, we called it weed. We called it Chiba, uh, Long Island, where I grew up. And, uh, you know, that kind of began my interest in cannabis. And then, you know, when I went to college um, is when I really started to you know, learn about like the medicinal aspects of it. And keep in mind, in New York, it was very illegal. You yeah. Know, I graduated from high school in 2002. It's very illegal. You, If you had a joint, you can be charged with a misdemeanor. And some people were, especially if you had a prior conviction, um, they could get a felony for drug possession of a Schedule One substance. And they were putting people in jail for years for roach clips, for shake. Um, and, and, you know, I knew a friend of mine who got a misdemeanor for a roach in his ashtray. Got pulled over, had a roach in his ashtray. They charged him with a misdemeanor possession of a controlled substance, Schedule One, and and so you know when when I started to educate myself about what was going on, you know always you know the first kind of studies that I learned about were uh, CBD related, mm-hmm. 
and people using it to treat, you know, um, epilepsy, um, you know, as yeah. a, as a uh, CBD as an antispasmodic. And, you know, there were a couple papers out there. This was back in like 2006, 2007, 2008. Uh, a lot of the scientific work was coming out of Israel, yeah. you know, groups like Raphael Meshulam's group, yeah. um, you know, they were putting out research, but very little research here in the States. Uh, and, you know, even less of it could you find, right? The internet wasn't as prolific back in 07 as it is now yeah. uh, in terms of uh, aggregating data that people want. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, you know, uh, I consume cannabis basically frequently from my 18th birthday, um, you know, or right before my 18th birthday all the way through until now. And I would say now I smoke the least amount I have in the last 20 years of my life. You found your balance. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. And it's probably because I'm busy and I got a lot on the line because I'm making, you know, but, and especially now, the weed is so good uh -huh. and, you know, edibles are so powerful that, you know, um, if you consume too much and I'm definitely sensitive to cannabinoids, you know, you can, you can go overboard. But that was like kind of my journey with like discovering cannabis, but really professionally, I didn't get involved professionally in the industry officially in, until the end of 2013. And, uh, you know, at the time I was living in Miami, I wasn't doing anything except for spending money I'd earned uh, as a finance professional and, you know, just being, uh, you know, unemployed and living my best life and not doing very much, going to the <laughs> beach, going out, you know, hanging out with my friends, traveling mm -hmm. and not doing much, just spending money and being irresponsible as a, you know, mid twenties guy. And a friend of mine, he worked for a, a magazine called Northwest, uh, Northwest Leaf oh, uh, yeah. out of Seattle. And he was a writer and he was the person that would test cannabis products and do reviews. And uh, he was like, man, you got to come out here and see what's going on. Like, so, um, you know, long story short, uh, I came to Washington uh, in 2013 and, um, you know, Seattle, Washington. And he took me to, you know, meet all these people. And I remember, I'll never forget. I walked into what was the essentially a abandoned warehouse where there was an extraction setup of hydrocarbon extractors, and they were doing what looked like to me was like Breaking Bad, science <laughs> illegal. I was like, man, the cops can come in at any mm -hmm. second. You know, keep in mind this was still extremely federally illegal, right? And they were still raiding people in California for doing this exact thing. So I felt sketchy, but the one thing I noticed is when I saw them taking the plant packing these tubes and out was coming this beautiful golden oil. And then he handed me a vape cartridge. This was, you know, mid 2013. I was like, this is it. The process. Yeah. This is the, this is the future of at the time weed, you know, mm -hmm. now obviously professionally we call it cannabis because that's its scientific name and we want to normalize it because, you know, it's a plant mm -hmm. and people should have access to herbs. Right. Um, yeah. but, um, but, you know, I got involved in the industry in that way and I uh, invested in a, a vaporizer company at that time called Uber Technologies. And I was one of a few investors, um, didn't have a business plan. Mm -hmm. So I got really favorable terms. And, you know, the caveat of me investing was I would write the business plan, but, you know, they'd have to hire me as a salesperson, not as an executive, just mm -hmm. let me come and sell. And for me, the allure there was, you know, as a salesperson, I would get to meet the people, right. learn the industry, you know, get my feet wet and understand if this is something that I want to really be committed to. And, you know, it didn't take me very long for, for, for it to really take hold. Yeah. And so... You know, got involved in that company. We, me and my current business partner, we sold our stake in that company in a subsequent financing. 
we invested that in a processing company and, and that's really what we're known for, Lucid Lab Group. Um, we started that in 2015. We, we do consulting on other people's extraction facilities. We uh, redesigned some capital equipment that became industry standard and, and built a consumer brand called Lucid Oils. And um, that's kind of how we're, we're known throughout the industry. So we don't have, I don't think we have a lot of time yeah. to ask all the questions I want to ask, but I want to talk about like what, like, you know, right now is obviously really like exciting. A lot of things are happening. There was that pandemic, which kind of, I don't know, I think some would argue it accelerated the cannabis industry. Some would argue it just put a damper on everyone's mood. Right. Um, so what do you think is like the most exciting thing that is coming in the future? And like, how do you think it's going to pan out in like maybe the next year? Well, you know, um, when, when we look at the industry and specifically our businesses and how, you know, we're going to navigate the industry, what type of strategy we're going to take, we always look short term, intermediate, long term, right? Short term, you know, what decisions are we going to make in the next, you know, two to four quarters? You know, intermediate term, what's that three year plan look like? And long term is five years out and longer, right? So for us in the short term, in the next year, what we're seeing, and, and I think we've seen this even this last week um, with with the uh, the canopy deal that went off with Wana, is mm. you know there's consolidation is starting to reaccelerate in the industry. <laughs> Companies that are well capitalized are coming back and purchasing uh, really good value plays, and either and and there's a number of reasons, right? One is because there may be value there. Another could be to get investors excited about their stocks that have been stagnating for the last year and a half. Yeah. Um, but there's value there, so we're seeing capital within the industry. Get reallocated, right? So if you have a good company that's earning revenue, um, creating alpha, or let's say you have good technology, or maybe you don't have a lot of revenue, but your technology is exceptionally um, attractive to people who already have really robust distribution networks, you know, you're going to be an acquisition target. So make sure you clean up your company, make sure your books look good so that you're prepared for that offer if and when it comes. So I think that's, that's what's exciting. Now for us, you know, we're not in that position. Um, you know, for us, what we're really excited about is what's happening on the research front. Mm. You know, yeah. we're at a stage in the industry now where uh, companies that are developing products, specifically outside of flower, where I'm talking about the other 40, 45% of the market, which is the CPG sector, um, you know, edibles, beverages, cosmetic supplements, that part of the uh, of the market is really going to grow, and there's so much potential in that area right now, yeah. especially with companies with the big CPG companies that are circling and starting to make small investments, partnerships. You know, Nestle, um, Nestle brought a company, uh, a company's capsules, uh, CBD capsules, out to Europe, mm -hmm. and is, are distributing it um, through one of their subsidiaries. Um, you know, Pepsi through its Monster uh, acquisition, they're doing a hemp CBD. C, yeah, CBD hemp oil energy drink <laughs> yeah but but think about it this yeah. is a low risk I mean, opportunity yeah. so you know for us yeah. you know with flow technology we're excited about that space and that's where a lot of our technology and a lot of our um, a lot of our focuses is looking for opportunities to um, to work in that space to build partnerships to work with good brands and and offer them solutions do you think it's going to be more of existing brands in those spaces adopting this new stuff or because I, I i find it hard it's so crowded right now so like how are i mean there are some brands like can and like you know you you see some of these beverage brands coming out and um, i'm just using beverages as a first example but um 
are you going to see, are we going to see that other brands that are legacy brands are really just going to dive in and maybe kick some of these smaller guys out? It's possible, but you know, um, today and one of the interesting things I saw today, um, or at least I heard today in the uh, finance forum at MJ BizCon was, um, it was one of the last speakers uh, before the last panel. And what he showed was a graph of the growth in the industry. And what was really interesting about it is, you know, he showed kind of the the decline in um, exp- um, illicit sales or black market sales mm-hmm. and the increase in, you know, regulated sales. But what, it, what you know, what stuck out to me the most is net-net, more people are buying cannabis this year than yeah. they are last year, right? The regulated market, yeah, it took a damper on the so-called illicit market, which, you know, I still buy, you know, <laughs> buy weed from my homie in, in Oregon who, who grows fire and he... He grows fire for his personal garden. And he grows fire for his um, his regulated garden, but I still buy it from him because it's good, and there's a market for it. But you know what 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 it, what it showed me is that more people are consuming cannabis, and what that means is it, the more people that consume cannabis, certainly the big players are gonna be the first in line for that piece. Yeah. But that means that there's still plenty of opportunity for companies that are coming in. You got a good story. If you're well capitalized, you got a good product, and you know how to tell that story to the right consumers, you can earn a place in this market. It's wide open. There's still so much opportunity. Just make sure, you know, if you're coming into this business like any other, this is not a free for all. You got to still have a good business plan. You got yeah. a good team. You got to be well capitalized and and then you got to execute. You got to you got to perform. And and so I would encourage everybody who's thinking about coming into this industry, be it on the ancillary side, mm-hmm. anywhere on the supply chain, um, consulting, this industry is growing and it will continue to grow for the foreseeable future. So um, you know, now's uh, the time for sure. Now's the time. Um, so we do sometimes do uh, some few, t- few tips, uh, like your business tips for Canada's people coming into the industry. Cause people who are listening to this are typically folks that are in the industry, want to get into the industry or just want to hear other people in the industry talk. What would you say is like your number one thing that you've learned in the last like decade of you being here? Um, for sure. Uh, uh, probably the most important things for me when it, when it came to, um, you know, being in this industry, any industry, but definitely in this industry, um, is, you know, make sure if you're going to come into this industry, you have a business plan. Like that's applicable to any industry, but I think people assume just because there are people, you know, they hear their stories uh-huh. of people selling their company for 300 million or getting bought out for a billion or, you know, so-and-so company worth 10 billion. Those companies didn't get there by guessing and hoping and wishing. They put together great plans, they were well capitalized and they executed. You know, some of it's timing, mm-hmm. which is why some of these companies have ridiculous multiples, but, you know, a, a, the majority of the successful companies got there by having a plan and then executing it. So. You know, that was that's one of the key things I would say is, you know, make sure you have a plan. The second thing I would say is um, um, make sure you have the grit to see it through. You know, what is it? Seven out of 10 businesses are going to fail miserably within the first couple of years. That's the statistic. And once you go out to like five to seven years, nine out of 10 businesses fail. Yeah. So I'm not saying you will fail. (laughs) I'm saying most of you will fail. Um, But you know, Michael Jordan says it, he says it all the time. Part of succeeding is failing. Right. The companies that make it, they're not companies that didn't fail. They're companies that 
failed and got back up. Exactly. Yeah, again and again absolutely. and again and again until you hear the success story. You don't hear about the late nights. Yeah. You don't hear about being broke. Mm -hmm. You don't hear about the problems and the fights. You hear about the success story. But every person that was successful, I promise you, they fell multiple times. They hit multiple walls before they made it through. So have grit, have determination, and, uh, you know, um, don't be afraid to get your... Uh, your hands a little dirty and, and you can make it. You can make a living. Whether or not you'll be the billion dollar company, that's <laughs> up to you, but you can make a living and you can have fun doing it. This yeah. is an amazing industry filled with amazing people. You know, even this, you know, this conversation we're having now, you know, it's, there's so many amazing people doing amazing things and the energy is so positive yeah. that I encourage everyone if, if they want to be involved, get involved. Yeah, that's the one thing that I have appreciated about doing this podcast and I'm sure Ben will agree mm -hmm. that like we've just heard a lot of positivity everyone's like ready to go but the people that are in it are like like if you're gonna be in it be in it don't be half-assed like do what you're here to do and like have a little bit of a backbone when you're getting into it and 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 you'll you'll have a good time and people are pretty respectful and you know collaborative when it comes down to it for sure and yeah. you know i would even say you know even beyond that one of the things i noticed in this industry because it's still so new yeah is you know, and relatively speaking, right, seven, you know, we're seven years in from federal legalization, a little over seven years, or excuse me, from state legalization uh, in Washington and Colorado, but states are still turning on all the time, right? Um, because it's still so new, you have access to people who did sell their company for $300 million Absolutely. or invested a hundred million. Like you can walk up to them and have a conversation and get their contact information. Yeah. And you know, they might not give you 40 hours a week, but they'll give you an hour a month to help you out because that's what I found in this industry. People are willing to help. You know, you go to other mature industries, good luck getting a conversation with the mover or a shaker. Yeah. Good luck getting past their secretary's secretary because they've <laughs> set up walls so people can't access them, right? Because yeah. their time is so valuable. So there are people in this industry that will are willing to help and willing to give you a hand and willing to uh, give you some advice and and you know that's what's unique right now. So yeah, they're uh, advocating. So for sure, absolutely, for sure. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it was great to meet you here, and I think um, hopefully we can have you back talk about the next thing that you guys are doing, but. Well, you know, if I come back, one of the things I'd love to discuss, because you are a person of color, is uh, um, as a snippet, um, there's a lot going on on the social equity front right now. Yeah. I'm a part of a social equity and cannabis task force in Washington. we got a lot of work to do up there, but I would say now is a very important time to, you know, uh, really push push what, what a lot of people would consider is one of the most important kind of transitions that's happening in our society and culture now. And that is, you know, what is equity and how do we make sure, at least in our industry, that's still so new and generating still so much new wealth, how do we make sure that that is being appropriated uh, in, a, in an appropriate way? Yeah. Um, and, and certainly, I think uh, that's a conversation worth having. Yeah, I think that's going to be a big conversation this week. So, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. The Green Room Podcast is brought to life by Green Seed PR a cannabis green tech focused PR agency and a dedicated production team of editors, mixers, and showbookers. A huge thank you to the Vessel team for providing their studio for our recordings. Don't forget to subscribe and share the Green Room podcast with friends, colleagues, and family. That way you'll never miss an episode and we can keep the lights on. If you're feeling extra generous, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. You can also find us on Instagram at greenseedpr 
and see the live video versions of all of our podcasts on YouTube. Would you like to be on the guest on the show or do you have a great guest referral? Awesome. Submit your guests at greenseedpr.com slash the hyphen green hyphen room. Thanks for listening and be well.